Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller, and this is a pro wrestling show. And we're kind of in limbo, aren't we, when it comes to professional wrestling? I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to start off negatively. If you've never listened to the show before, you will be shocked to hear I am a positive wrestling fan. I always try and look on the bright side of life. But this whole, and I get it, right? You can't, it's just television. Television works. NBA playoffs are bigger than professional wrestling, as we know. But this whole AEW on Fridays and then you've got SmackDown as well, it's much nicer when it's spaced out throughout the week. I mean, what a minor gripe this really is, especially to kick things off with. But you get your Raw on a Monday and you get your Impact on a Thursday and so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. But it's, I, I don't think AEW are, I saw, I saw, I seen a few people go, oh, I think AEW is just treading water. I don't think they're treading water, well, I don't think they're treading water at all, but I certainly don't think they're treading water because they've moved to Fridays. I just think they've come off a major pay-per-view and you need to hold back some of your angles before we build to our big shows. And of course, they are going to go back out on the road. And they have all those big shows. We've got Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen and a couple of others I can't remember the name of. And we're kind of doing it all over the place because WWE has Hell in a Cell this weekend. Then we've got Money in the Bank. We've got SummerSlam, which apparently is going to be this year's WrestleMania because we couldn't have a proper WrestleMania. Impact's got a bunch of shows. NXT's doing Great American Bash and they had a pay-per-view too. So there's a lot to look forward to. And I suppose the biggest one of all of that is the fact that soon we're going to have fans again. Now, there's a lot of murmurings and a lot of rumors going around. The WWE's big plan is to truly start focusing on the product again in terms of uh, quality seems a bit unfair because I don't think WWE tries to do anything bad. Sometimes they kind of just drop the ball a bit. But it sounds like it's an all-hands-on-deck situation when we do go back out there. And they are going to need to do it. Like, I don't like talking about ticket sales and ratings too much because... I think it's fascinating and I like it from a statistical point of view, but I get no joy. I mean, put it like this. A few news outlets have reported that maybe tickets aren't selling as well as people thought for AEW and WWE. In fact, given the venues they're running, AEW apparently is ahead of WWE. And the big comparison is that UFC are selling out shows. I think Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling Observer, you know, smashed this one the best. UFC are selling pay-per-views out, right? So the comparison has to be for pay-per-views. And as far as I know, AEW's done very well with theirs. They certainly did not double or nothing. Money in the Bank is sold out. SummerSlam's had a really good start. So yeah, I can kind of understand somebody doesn't want to go to a three-hour Raw taping or maybe a random house show. But when we get to the big boys, the the appetite will be there. But yeah, the reason I don't like pointing, you know, sort of going, ha, 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 is because I don't want that. If WWE box a 15,000-seater building, I want them to put 15,000 butts in those seats. Same with AEW. It, I get no joy from knowing that a company isn't doing well because professional wrestling will always be better when there is competition and when it's hot. We all know that. It's a momentum thing. It's like football, right? The Euros are going on over here in the in the UK. I mean, they're going on across Europe, but I don't think the United States cares uh, en masse and apologizes to those who do enjoy soccer. I know there's a few of you. There's always this discussion about, well, you know, do we have to put our best team out or should we try and be tactical? No, you want to win so you have the momentum to keep on winning. And that is the same with with wrestling. So we'll see how it goes. I am very excited about SummerSlam because it does sound like they are going to load the deck. I 100% expect, well, I can't say 100%, but 99% expect, expect Roman Reigns versus John Cena. I also expect Roman Reigns to win that match. And I think that will elevate that character even further. And I'm starting to believe that when we get to... 
WrestleMania next year, I always I convinced myself it's going to be the year after. I think we may, if we can, it all works out depending on the Rock schedule, build to The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 38, which will be huge. I don't think there's a bigger match out there right now unless you were going to get Stone Cold Steve Austin out of retirement. Genuinely, that's the only thing I think could be bigger from a mainstream scale. You do The Rock versus Roman Reigns, and I think it would be huge, which of course you know, leads us to the question about who wins. Because you can argue it both ways. Like on paper, of course, Roman should win. You know, The Rock should do the favors. It should probably be The Rock's last match. He should go into the Hall of Fame and so on and so forth. But I can see The Rock winning. If that's when Black Adam is coming out or he's got another movie, it doesn't hurt to kind of get some kind of publicity that way. Although he may spin it too and thinks, well, I don't want to piss off the wrestling fans who I'm trying to get to come and see my new film. And maybe they feel like I've just come back to, to do that. But if that is the next sort of eight months for WWE, I think that's pretty good, right? I think that's pretty good on paper. And as for AEW, I mean, they don't have anything like The Rock coming in, but I'm massively enjoying the Kenny Omega run. Really enjoyed his match with Moose at the weekend. And I'm looking forward to see what they do with, with Sammy Callahan. And overall, like the only show really that I don't want to say I struggle with, that's a bit unfair, but I find inconsistent is Monday Night Raw. I think SmackDown is on a roll right now. Dynamite, Impact, NXT is always easy to watch. And Raw to me just feels like it's stuck in a rut. Like, you know, the start of this week's one, we just retired Lily for a while because somebody realized, well, we can't do all these shenanigans when we're out on the road. We are going to get Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss this weekend. And I do think that's going to be our final, let's use the Thunderdome for all it's worth. But I tell you, I didn't like the finish to the Alexa Bliss Nia Jax match because come on, man. Like, Alexa Bliss is an undead demon. You should let her beat Nia Jax. I don't need Reginald interfering than having hypnosis. But I don't mind those characters when they're put in a wrestling setting. In fact, that's when I think I enjoy them the most. And I realized I don't think we've ever had that with this character of Alexa Bliss. Or if we had, it's been so long ago that it's fallen out of my brain. So hopefully they'll find a way to do it. And then, yeah, we can, we can move on to to other things but when that's the first thing you see given at the end of last week's Raw was like oh my gosh Lily what's she done and then it's just like yeah Lily's in timeout you're like oh man <laughs> why do I invest in anything and of course there is this wash rinse repeat problem that Raw is going through right now you know I get that we have feuds that's something I get on my Twitter cheap plug at Simon316 and cheap plug patreon.com for Simon316 thank you to everyone that continues to support me podcast dies without you so know that I love you with all my heart and again I like to give something back so if you support me on there I will send you a postcard and a bunch of rewards you can check it out on their website but um, yeah I get that feuds you have to continue them but you don't have to continue them in the exact same way as they were last week. Like the Charlotte, uh, sorry, the Oscar-Rhea Ripley match I thought was really good. And I even thought the post-brawl with Rhea and Charlotte was decent. In fact, it was very good. You know, WWE usually does them well. But I didn't feel like we had moved the dial forward at all. So it was hard for me to really invest. Like it's kind of like... I mean, what even is the story? They're both annoyed they lost to Nikki Cross. Okay. <laughs> I can't really buy into that because Nikki Cross was also just a random, you know, participant in all of this. And I mean, I think the quintessential argument for this is the whole Elias versus Jackson Riker thing. I can't believe that not only did we do the same match, we did the same finish. I mean, it was identical. You could have plopped it out of this week's Raw, or so you could have plopped out last week's episode uh, segment and put it here, and you, nobody would have known. <laughs> you wouldn't have had a clue that it was any different. And that's what we've got to stop doing. 
It's like, you know, where's, there's so many questions too. Where did Shelton Benjamin go? You know, Cedric Alexander is now feuding with Jeff Hardy and I don't know why. Why can't Damian Priest get on the show? Why does he need Bad Bunny around? Otherwise, he doesn't get booked. You know, John Morrison also had a match with, you know, Jeff Hardy, which didn't go anywhere, but John Morrison did win. And then Jeff Hardy puts his career on the line. There's just so many of these plot holes. That if you tried to explain to anybody else, they'd look at you like you slapped their mother. And you don't, you can't have that in any kind of story-based um, uh, product because it doesn't work. Especially if it's the first time you ever watch Raw, right? If you sit down, say you invite a friend around, I'll watch Raw with me. You want to be able to go, well, you know, X is happening because of Y. And I don't think I'd be able to do that. I mean, again, if we go back to Alexa Bliss, try to explain that. Well, she turned on Bray Wyatt because he had some black goo coming out around the Orton's face. And then she wanted Bray Wyatt to come back for ages, but he'd been set on fire. When he did come back, he, he, she turned on him and he came back on Raw one day and then he vanished. And I don't really know why. That's not a story. That's a bunch of stuff that happened. <laughs> It's just, it's, I mean, literally, this stuff just happens if you do so happen to frequent my Ups and Downs series. And again, please do go check out uh, Ups and Downs. What culture? That's what we, sh that's what we should do. I'm just trying to find my notes. I think I deleted them. I just realized, I think I deleted my notes, which was really stupid. No, I didn't. I've just found them. I'm not as big an idiot as I thought. So yes, I get it. We're building to Hell in a Cell uh, too, which is why... I mean, our main event was AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre. And fair play to WWE. They didn't bang us over the head with it. They did kind of hint that this had happened because of MVP and Bobby Lashley. You know, we had um, Kevin Patrick, whatever that new interviewer's name is, go backstage and say this to Umvup and the Lash. And yeah, they didn't admit it, but it was there for you to do whatever you, you should so want. But that last whole segment was just crazy. It's just... Yeah, I mean, we start off with AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre. And I'm an idiot and think, oh, this is going to be a really good match, which it was. We don't get a finish because we're not allowed. And because the Viking Raiders and Bobby Lash are out there, it then turns into a six-man tag, which is WWE's favorite thing to do. And the six-man tag was fun. Like, the wrestling, pretty much universally around the world, is never a problem. Sure, you get the bad match here or there, but that's just life. But it's how we get there. You're just like, oh, man, we're doing it again. And there's DQs and there's countouts. And getting a clean finish is almost impossible. Before I forget about it, New Day versus Randy Orton and Riddle was superb. Again, clean finish, great match, tied into a story. Also pushed the story later on with MVP goading Kofi Kingston, which I presume we're going to do at Money in the Bank. Kofi versus Bobby Lashley, which is now a match I want to see. That's the kind of stuff that WWE should lean into more. Absolutely brilliant. Truly, truly brilliant stuff. I enjoyed it massively. So, yeah, you get to that main event, and it's good. And I don't mind. I think I was a bit too harsh on ups and downs. I was tired, which I kind of regret now. But Drew McIntyre pinning Bobby Lashley after the Claymore to make you think, oh, he can do it on Sunday, is fine. That's an old wrestling story. Again, easy to explain to somebody else. And it just makes me think that Bobby Lashley is going to win. I know WWE doesn't do this all this uh, all the time. But there is a, uh, a, a somewhat of a trend where whoever's going to lose at the pay-per-view will win on the last week's Raw because they just love 50-50 booking anything. And let's just transition into Hell in a Cell now too i think that's what is what we should do i really really do think that's what we should do i think that bobby lashley should win and i think he should have his match with kofi kingston and then what you do with drew mcintyre i don't know maybe he is going to segue into a proper feud with aj styles we never really had that you know every time they've have teased it we always get finishes like this or the um the money in the bank uh, was it Money in the Bank? No, there was a ladder match. Basically, when The Miz cashed in his... Oh, sorry, cashed in his Money in the Bank. So it wasn't the Money in the Bank match. So, I mean, it's going to be a hard push, but maybe there's something you can do. But I think given that we are about to go back out on the road, it's important to signify Bobby Lashley's reign with some other opponents. Otherwise, you're just fighting the same guy and you don't really get the same feel. And Drew McIntyre just needs a rest from the title scene, unless he's going to win. I don't mind him winning the championship, but then you have to imagine that Money in the Bank will be doing Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre again. And I do think you run the risk of just wearing the fans out because there's not really much more we can do with it. 
especially given that we have two Hell in a Cell matches on this show, the other one being Roman and Rey Mysterio, both of which don't really need to be in the cell. Like, if the name of this show wasn't Hell in a Cell, there would be no reason to do them, which is a re- that's the main the major problem I have with uh, stipulation name pay-per-views. Apart from Money in the Bank, because that makes perfect sense, and the Royal Rumble, that's it. They're the only two that you should do because they make sense. As soon as you have an Elimination Chamber or you have a Hell in a Cell, I'm amazed that Ladder Match doesn't exist, although we did have TLC. But it always feels a little bit forced, so I'd be I'd be happy to get away with that. But I mean, actually, if you go through the card, I don't think any championship should change. So, in a weird way, it kind of is like a filler pay per view. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, because the work will be good. But yes, Bobby Lashley should beat Drew. I'd like it to be clean, but can I imagine shenanigans after WrestleMania? Most probably. Rhea Bretley versus Charlotte Flair. I kind of have the inkling that Charlotte Flair may win. And I think that would be a massive mistake because I don't necessarily think that Rhea Ripley has been on the role that I hoped she would be through no fault of her own. Again, she's just been lost in these stories. But if she can retain over Charlotte Flair and then once more basically do what Bobby Lashley is going to do and start taking on more contenders, even if one is Nikki Bliss, that's fine then Nikki Bliss, Nikki Cross. I said that. I was like, that doesn't sound right at all. No, because nobody has called that. But yeah, if we can then sort of, you know, go through through other people, I think it will cement her as a better champion. So she should win that one. And once again, there should be no... When I look through the... Oh, we only got five matches at the moment. When I look through all five, I don't think that there should be any nonsense whatsoever. Uh, Bianca Bear versus Bailey is the same. And that ties into SmackDown last week. Like, I liked SmackDown, but there was a few occasions where I'm like, oh man, this feels like... This feels like Raw. You know, I, I really like the um, uh, Baron Corbin, what's it called? Shinsuke Nakamura crown thing. Like, I, I really did like it. But then what happened is we kept doing the same thing with exactly the same finish. And once more, when you do that, it takes something away from it. And the next we can do the Battle of the Crowns. I don't know what the Battle of the, Battle of the Crowns even means. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's been a little bit. Uh, it's been a little bit of, of of a weird one, and that that goes for Bianca Belair and Bailey too, right? Like it's it's a feud about laughing. Now, look, I did enjoy the stupid segment with Seth Rollins and Bailey. I thought it was stupid, and I thought it was over the top, and I could completely understand why somebody wouldn't like it. But I guess I was just in the right kind of mood for it. But when then Bianca Belair comes out and she just laughs, it's a bit like, okay, well, pff, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, it's just hard to buy into, right? People laughing at each other. But you know they're going to have a good match. But you don't want Bailey to become SmackDown Women's Champion right now. It's just... Actually, you know what? I wouldn't mind at all. But in terms of, again, establishing Bianca as a champion, you want to make sure you continue to walk down that path because it's just not the right time to do it. Following on from that, for after all, we did get Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. I have no idea what they're going to do. <laughs> I have absolutely... There's no way to tell with this feud whatsoever. It is so random and it is so crazy. You'd have to presume, given the amount of worth they've put into Alexa Bliss, she's going to use some kind of voodoo powers. And then where that, where that leaves Shayna Baszler, I don't know, which is another problem why you probably should be doing it with somebody else because... You know, Shayna Baszler is one of the few people, not only one of the few people, but absolutely one of the people that this doesn't work with because she's so she's so legitimate. Going back to SummerSlam as well, I probably think Becky Lynch comes back to that show too. I think we should really be doing Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam. If we can do Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, we should. Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Like, I think it's a really good card and instantly gets me interested, especially with this WrestleMania feel. But I imagine Alexa Bliss wins, which begs the question why Nia Jax had to get that DQ win. I don't see why Alexa Bliss couldn't have just won that one. And look, we all know that Roman Reigns is going to beat Rey Mysterio. But if there's anybody on the entire roster that can make you believe, it is Rey Mysterio. <laughs> he is just one of the best ever. 
I've got his uh, Wikipedia thing up here. How old is he? He's 46 years old. 47 in six months' time, which is just absolutely nuts. I mean, genuinely a legend. Genuinely a hero. A guy that just blows my absolute mind because I don't understand how he's so good and how he keeps on doing it. But he's not going to win, but he will come up with a way to make us believe, even if it's for one pinfall, which is all I will need. And of course, it ties into the whole Roman Reigns storyline, which is the best thing in WWE right now. I mean, Roman is now, I think he's, he started manipulating Jimmy Uso too. You know, he kind of laid that guilt trip on him at the end of SmackDown. And Jay Uso actually stood up for himself, which I thought was a really smart move. And this is what I mean, because some people go, oh, this is the same thing every week. But it's not because we get these little needles that move. So this week, Jay Uso finally got done with this and he walked off. And Jimmy Uso now looks like, oh, man, maybe I've made a mistake here. You know, there's little beats. And I get that poor Dominic Mysterio has to be killed every single week. But hey, somebody's got to suffer for the art. And it just has to be Dominic Mysterio. The best thing with Dominic Mysterio is that he is 24 years old. And yet somehow when Roman beats him up, I think he's eight. Like everyone goes, oh, I killed a child. 24 years old, no child. Don't think he's amazing for his age and his experience, but I'm talking about overall. So it's absolutely, uh, <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious how we've managed to do that. And that's all the matches we have so far uh, leading up to the show. I'm guessing we could get round two of New Day versus RK Bro because we know like WWE likes to do. Uh, could get a Big E versus an Apollo Crews or maybe a Sami Zayn versus an Apollo Crews, depending on what they do on SmackDown. And I'm sure there's some other little things we could throw in there too. Maybe even uh, Natalia and Tamina versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. That was a weird segment. I, that one kind of went over my head. Like Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose are doing a photo shoot and then they get annoyed that two people are wrestling in a wrestling ring at a wrestling show. <laughs> It's like, what? You must have expected this. Surely it's more weird that you're doing a photo shoot at a wrestling show. And of course, not really. But yeah, that, that really, really, really made me chuckle. And it baffled me too. I don't understand how we can fire all of these people that would now fit into this role perfectly. We need more women's tag teams. And, you know, we got rid of Lana, who was in a women's tag team. And I get that her and Naomi weren't going anywhere, but we could have tried. The Iconics, dead. I would, actually, I brought up Naomi. We should talk about the Eva Marie uh, Piper Niven stuff. It's difficult. I don't think it was the right payoff for months worth of videos. I just don't think it works. But I actually do quite like the direction. I think it's excellent that Piper Niven has debuted on Raw. You know, she's a really, really good wrestler. She's paid her dues if you're into all that kind of stuff. And, you know, being connected with Eva, to Eva Marie will be great because it will give you extra traction, right? It just will. That's just what Eva Marie does. She gets attention. It's probably one of the reasons they brought her back. But... It, it felt a bit weak. It didn't make any sense because one, Eva Marie just didn't fight the match and Piper Niven did. So who signed off on that one? And the worst part for me was that the commentators pretended they didn't know who Piper Niven was. And that just doesn't work. Like I understand that NXT UK is a small WWE fish, right? It's absolutely tiny. But I also understand that general fans won't, or, or casual fans, whatever you want to call them, won't know who she is either because they're probably just watching Raw and SmackDown. But when the hardcores do, and when the hardcores make up a large proportion of somebody's audience i just I, it just comes across as insulting it's like i'm watching this show and i know who that is and you're meant to be my eyes and my ears and my trustworthy source how do you not know like you must know <laughs> there's just no way you can't and that's a fundamental breakdown in sort of their communication system and you can't do that you you have to know who these people are it's just dumb it makes it feel like they're lazy it doesn't make it feel like it's a mystery person because i know I'm sat at home knowing. 
And if anybody, let's say Brian, Brian's a casual fan. If he goes and types in Piper Niven right now, it says NXT UK, be like, huh, why didn't they mention that? So there's just no good there. They shouldn't have done it. But I am intrigued to see what happens. Piper Niven is very good. You know, she's been working as Viper for years and then came into the WWE system. I have no problem with that. And I think, again, teaming her up with with Eva Marie, I think is really, really smart. I, I truly think that because I think it will give her a far better uh pedestal to sit on as if she just came in by herself i think that would actually she'd struggle with that more but you never know talking about people that got fired too lana has vowed to spill the tea about her time in wwe next week now there were all those rumors and speculation years ago now that there was some kind of bullying accusation i think with Paige. so this is going to be really interesting because she certainly went through a lot when she was there. You could tell by her social media feed. Look, whether she's in the right or the wrong, nobody can tell. We weren't a part of it. But that could be big, is all I will say. I have no idea what she's going to talk about, of course. But she did come out sort of, you know, guns are swinging. That's not even a, that's not even a phrase. But I don't know. I just think there's something there. I think there's something there, and I think it could be, could be making headlines. As could NXT this evening, if you are listening to this on Tuesday the 15th of June. It has been wildly reported once again that Samoa Joe has re-signed with NXT. He's going to come in as you know the new general manager or as uh, as um, uh, William Regal's muscle if he decides to stay on. I just look at it like this. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that you know WWE can fire Samoa Joe, and I think this kind of sums up where Triple H's stock is at the moment too. He's just like anybody else. Of course, he has more sway than most. But when it comes to the top decisions, it's all made by Vince McMahon. Doesn't matter if you're his son-in-law, doesn't matter if you're a son, sister, mother, brother, whatever. He's going to make the decision. So Samoa Joe gets released, and I can only imagine Triple H goes, well, he's like a massive commodity. I really don't want him to go anywhere else. Can I get him back into my organization? Which is blurring the lines, and it is really weird. And the only thing that not worries me, I'm just happy he's back. I don't care if he goes to AEW, New Japan, Impact, WWE, NXT. Look like I can tune into something to watch Samoa Joe, I'm happy. And he's not going to pick anything that makes him unhappy, so it's all well and good. But if he does come back in a non-wrestling role, that probably means these concussions that he's been reported to have are quite severe. And that just sucks, not because of wrestling, because of human beings. And you wouldn't wish that on anybody. But also, on a very selfish point of view, I loved watching Samoa Joe wrestle. I mean, he's a dude that made you believe he could beat Brock Lesnar. Again, he's a dude that made you think he was just as tough and just as badass as anybody else on the roster. And to lose that, especially when it was no choice of his own, would suck. But if he does come back in any capacity to NXT, I mean, I watch NXT anyway, but I'm definitely going to watch it, right? To me, he is a needle mover. I don't know how, how big that needle is, but I know in terms of, like, what's a show that I don't watch? I don't know. Let's just make it up. TJU, right? I don't watch TJU. But if Samoa Joe joins TJU, at least once I'm going to watch TJU. And if I like it overall and I like what Samoa Joe is doing, I'm like, I'm going to watch it. And if he has a match, I'm going to tune in for that episode. That's just how highly I think of, uh, I think of Samoa Joe. But of course, as always, it could all be bullshit. <laughs> Sometimes we get these reports and plans change, pal. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, well, we're back to that one. Sounds like we're going to go back to Saudi Arabia for the end of the year. That doesn't surprise me as the world opens up again. I mean, we've what, basically missed two shows. So we may even get two really quick back-to-back ones, which uh, is not going to be ideal for all the reasons that we've talked about many a times. But look, they've got the deal. They're making money hand over fist, and they're going to continue to do that as best as possible. And yeah, in terms of impact, really enjoyed Against All Odds at the weekend. Thought it was decent. I like the fact we're doing Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan. Some people were really mad that we didn't do Moose. Uh, we gave Moose the title, but... I, I think I wasn't too worried 
simply because I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't, it felt too early to, to, to sort of change that title back. I don't think what happened with Sammy Callahan either. I think all of these things are going to go down towards the end of the year. And Moose got screwed over by the Young Bucks as well, so he was massively protected. Now, like the whole You're Fired storyline, Don Callis firing Sammy Callahan. I think that would be quite interesting. Impact, I think, is on a roll at the moment. I don't like everything that they're doing, but you can't expect to. That would be crazy. But I am enjoying it... Um, I'm just enjoying it. I think I think it's really well put together. Quick shout out to Rennie. Always get her last name was. Sorry, Renee Paquette. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. And John Moxley. She tweeted out earlier to say that her baby has officially been born. So she's checking out to be a mum. And that's just nice. And I like hearing nice things in wrestling because sometimes, especially when you're on social media, there is a, a lot of craziness. And Cody Rhodes is launching a new podcast as well. I think it's called Everything But Wrestling. So he's going to talk to people, but it's going to be everything but wrestling, obviously. And I'm sure a lot of that will be about Star Trek. But I quite like that. I like that idea. I think it's called, yeah, the Everything But Wrestling podcast. I've just found it. First season includes Star Wars, Potter Houses, and The Office. So maybe he won't be talking about Star Trek at first, but he will be talking about Star Wars. But I like hearing wrestlers talk about things that I'm passionate about as well. And I like all of those things. So, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm excited for that as well. And otherwise, I mean, we had everything from last week. Again, I thought AEW Dynamite was uh, was a decent show. I'm intrigued that we're going with Christian and Matt Hardy. That really did surprise me just because I know when Matt Hardy came in, Jericho especially was like, I don't need to work with Matt Hardy. I've done it time and time again. But I suppose he doesn't have the history that, you know, we have with, um, what do you call it? You know, Christian and Matt Hardy are essentially joined at the, joined at the hips in, in many ways because, well, everything they did in TLC. I thought it was a bit strange because I kind of wanted to see this. I, I was really into the whole Team Taz Christian thing. I thought that was a great way to bring him in. I was intrigued to see what we were going to do with him. But, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I don't know what the plan is. I'm assuming they're going to do that, but I don't know if that's true or not. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. Uh, but again, I, I think Dynamite, I've always said this, I think Dynamite is a really easy to watch show, mostly because anything that I expect to happens, happens. So it's, it's hard, you know, it, it's hard to get too mad about it. So that's how I kind of feel about that one. And there was something else. Oh, the NXT show as well. The TakeOver show, the In Your House one. I love the aesthetic. I really, really do. Like it just it throws me back. And nostalgia is such an easy way to get every, anybody happy. But it didn't feel at the level of other TakeOver shows in the past, which is not a bad thing. Like not everything can be the greatest thing that you've ever seen. You know, you're always going to get some kind of uh, of a balancing out act. But I really did like the main event. I thought that was good. And look, the idea is to get carrying crossover as much as possible. This has become yet another thing on the internet. People just keep talking about all the time, which is fine. You're allowed to debate it as much as you want. But I don't know. Actually, I said but, but I don't even think I have a but. Look, do, am I personally into carrying cross that much? No, I don't think that I am. I don't think that's he's necessarily one of my guys. But as I've told you before, there have been many stars in the past that at the time weren't my guys. Not because they're not good, but because that's just how wrestling works. It's an instinctual thing. But no, he's not necessarily, you know, clicking for me as the NXT champion. But they must see something in him. So maybe he's just going to be he's going to be like Elias. He's going to be one of these people that works out better on the main roster. We just don't know. And he absolutely will get moved. I don't think he's like a Johnny Gargano or a Champa that will probably be in NXT for life until they leave WWE. Karrion Cross will be a Raw and SmackDown dude at one point, and I think he will do he will do very very well. But I did enjoy that main event. I thought it was good. Really enjoyed the opening six way, even though the stipulation was absolutely stupid. Ladder match was solid. LA Knight becoming the million dollar champion. Never going to get mad at that. Mercedes Martinez versus Zaya Lee. 
Like, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It just, I would have just taken that. I know it's short anyway, but it just doesn't need, it didn't need to be there. And all the hocus pocus afterwards, well, we don't need to, we don't need to go into that. And I like Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. I thought that was decent too. Like, again, I think that and the main event suffer from the fact that I never truly believed that one of them was going to lose their championship. And I think you always need that seed of doubt in order to really sort, you know, smash it out of the park. But, you know, that's just, Sometimes you're going to get it and sometimes you're not. I know I said that about everything, but it's true. You can't always do, uh, you can't always do, uh, well, it's hard to get that. Because of course, I've said it about a lot, like Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio, I don't believe it. But then again, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, I do. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, I do, just because, you know, they do lean heavily on Charlotte. And then Bianca Belair and Bailey, I would say that I don't. So, you know, across the board, it's kind of, it's kind of mixed and matched. And um, before I do move off this, in terms of AEW, I really like that Brandon Cutler versus Death Triangle. Uh, sorry, the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus the Death Triangle and Eddie Kingston match. I thought they had so much going for it. I don't understand all the hate the Young Bucks get. Well, I don't get understand the hate that anybody gets. But to me, the Young Bucks are one of the best tag teams definitely, definitely at the moment and potentially ever. I mean, when you think about the influence on the business, nobody likes to talk about, oh, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Well, they did. Like, you know, they proved that you don't need to go to WWE. They proved how important it is to self-market and self-promote and how to use social media and how to use merchandise and, and do all of these things. And I, I don't think they would have been an AEW. I mean, they weren't the only factor, but they were one of the major ones. And I just think as heels, I like them as baby faces too, but as heels right now, I feel like they've really found their groove. So, yeah. And the limo being destroyed as well was fine. I mean, it's the most pro wrestling segment ever i don't know if i'm necessarily into the inner circle pinnacle s stuff as much as some people like i think it's okay but there's just something about it that isn't really you know hitting for me at the moment i don't know what that is but you know you see somebody destroy a, a limo that's fine i am excited about this mma challenge wardlow versus hagar i think that's this wednesday i think or friday i should say that we're doing it the fact that it's going to be in a cage the fact that it's a jake hagar thing and the fact that I don't think Wardlow should lose at all, because his last big match that I remember, of course, he lost to Cody Rhodes one on one of the cage, but that match was awesome, so it didn't matter. I don't know. My eyebrow goes up. A quick shout. I'm just going over my notes now, but quick shout out to Evil Uno versus Miro for the TNT title too. And that's what I'm talking about. Beforehand, I did not think Miro was going to win, but Evil Uno did just enough to kind of push me over the edge, and they took it away from me again. Now, if this was any other walk of life, I would have been devastated. But I love Miro. <laughs> He's my favorite professional wrestler. And therefore, I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. That's absolutely fine. So, yeah, that was good as well. Uh, everything with Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy building up to that. I look forward to it. Nyla Rose is going to be the new number one contender for Britt Baker. All good with that, too. And yeah, main event, Hangman Page and Adam Page. Sorry, Hangman Page and Tim from the Dark Order taking on Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. Essentially broke up Team Taz, or at least took Brian Cage out of that so he can start feuding with them. Adam Page continues to get wins. I still completely believe we're going to get to the end of the year, probably all out, and we will get that one-on-one. -on -one, and I think Hangman Page will win. Uh, lose, I should say. Man, how did I get that one so wrong? I think they'll get that. I think that one will lose, but um, it could be wrong. The, the best thing about that match is that no matter what AEW does, I think you have an awesome outcome. And that truly is the dream. <laughs> that, that truly is the way to do it. So, yeah, happy times all around for wrestling. Again, Raw, nah, not so much. But it, it was better this week. I need to say that it was better. It wasn't as crazy as it has been. And everything with RK Bro and the New Day is just fantastic. And I'm, if, if we could have just worked AJ Styles and Omos and the Viking Raiders maybe into that side, as opposed to all of a sudden randomly tying them up in the, in the world title scene. I think there's something there and it would be I'd never going to get mad at WWE focusing more on their tag team scene because they've never really done it if we're being completely honest as mad as that may sound it's something that everyone has always said that Vince McMahon just doesn't really like 
tag team wrestling. And I suppose it's his company. He can do whatever he wants. He's been very, very successful. But I know when it's good, it's something that I massively like. And talking about Vince McMahon, he had a really interesting uh, quote. I watched the Bret Hart A&E documentary, which I thought was really good. And you should go out of your way to see. Finally, painting Bret Hart in not only a positive light, but reminding us all how good he was. I think Bret Hart is like a fine wine. He gets better with age. But Vince McMahon said that he totally believes that Bret Hart has the highest credibility factor of all past WWE champions. Now, he could just be saying that because it's something to say on the documentary. But I think he's absolutely right. And I get that a lot of it, the way that Brett carried himself and he took himself very seriously. But hey, it's worked down the line because I look back and that's the kind of feeling I get from him. He did take this seriously. He did think it was important. And now I think he's an absolute badass. So hell yeah. Good for good for Brett Hart, my favorite ever. And also Fred Rosser, the former Darren Young, signed for New Japan. I don't know whether that's just going to be with Strong. I don't know whether he's going to go to Japan when the doors are open. That's going to be an interesting one. And we have to end this little segment, of course, talking about Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, heavily rumored, mostly because of uh, um, uh, Mark Henry, who has come in as a scout or whatever, an analyzer. I don't know what we're talking about, but he likes Braun Strowman. He's the guy that brought him into WWE. And now he's obviously put the two parties together and they're having a chat. And a lot of people think they don't want this. A lot of people say they'd actually like to see what they were going to do. I'm never going to begrudge anyone having a job. This is why I don't understand this argument of, all oh, too many WWE guys are going to TNA. <laughs> TNA, AEW. That was actually a slip of the tongue. Freudian slip. Well, one, the only major company for the last 20 years has been WWE. So if you don't take some of their, you know, ex-employees, it's going to be difficult to recruit people that have that sort of star aura on them just because they've been on big time TV. But I also just want to give somebody a chance. Like Braun Strowman may not work in AEW. There's every chance that's not what people want to see. But on the other hand, if they come up with an awesome plan for him and he starts doing cool stuff like he did when he was flipping ambulances, or should I say local medical facility wagons, I will get a kick out of it. I haven't seen it. If Sting is going to be brought in and not take the spotlight off the shine of anyone, there is no way that Tony Khan is going to allow Braun Strowman to do it. And that's the only reason you shouldn't want people to come in because you think the likes of MJF, Sammy Guevara, Luchasaurus, uh, Jungle Boy, whoever else that I've missed, Sonny Kiss, like all these people that you hopefully in a few years' time will be the major stars in, in AEW. If you think someone's going to come in and overshadow them, then yes, it's a mistake. Because at the moment, we are doing a tremendous job in telling people these are the guys to look out for. These people are great. Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, you know, Ty Conte. The list goes on. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Tony Khan has his plan. He knows how to be sustainable. He's learning from the mistakes of WCW, ECW, and WWE. And that doesn't mean he's not making his own mistakes. Of course he is. But hopefully he'll learn from them as well. So I say if you want to bring in AW, bring in AW, bring in Braun Strowman. It's not my money. I don't have to worry about the finances. And I can just check it out on television. And if it sucks, I can go, hey, I think that sucks. And if I quite like it, I can go brilliant. But sort of tearing down the house that I saw one, I know they're just trolling but oh, I'm never going to watch AEW again if Braun Strowman comes in well then you're absolute buffoon and you're kind of insane and probably need to go and see somebody because it's just a television show at the end of the day and it's awesome you're that passionate but let the guy have a job and you know yes I know Braun Strowman said some very stupid stuff at the start of the pandemic if I don't mention this people go oh, what about this yes it was dumb and it was stupid and it was ignorant and uneducated and a load of other things. Now, on the one hand, so many people, well, point one, I should say, so many people have said that he did come out and said, you know, I got it wrong. I shouldn't have said it. I didn't understand because he was fast-tracked and good for him. Nobody would have turned that opportunity down. But you can't, you have to decide whether you're going to forgive somebody or not, right? As a long-ass time ago, if Evil Uno, the person he directed at, can say that he doesn't care anymore, which he did, then I don't need to care either. Now, don't get me wrong. If he says something again, absolutely, you go after that sucker, man. Then maybe he shouldn't come into AEW because he doesn't understand how it works and he doesn't understand the graft. But 
I think you've got to give people a chance, right? And he didn't do anything. He had a stupid opinion about something he shouldn't have had an opinion about. There are far worse stories. That is something you can roll your eyes at and go, man, you need to get a clue, brah. But he didn't do anything illegal. He didn't do anything super duper controversial and so on and so forth. So look, if he does come in, let's face it. Whatever the debut is, it'll get a massive reaction. It'll get a massive pop. It'll probably beat some people up. And that will, you know, do what it has to do for that day. And maybe they have a Zack Ryder kind of a deal where he just comes in for one show and then he goes off and does something else. I would prefer him in Impact Wrestling. I think there may be a bit of a problem now because W. Morrissey is there as well, but I'm sure they could come up with something. But I think Impact Wrestling or even New Japan is a better shout because New Japan love big uh, Western dudes and they always treat them well. Look at Giant Bernard, very similar character, or Albert or Matt uh, Bloom, whatever we want to call him. Like there is a, a huge argument, not a huge argument, but you know, he was he was stifled in WWE. You know, it was Test and Albert, and then it was, I don't know, Dinosaur, whatever the hell he was. <laughs> he wasn't a dinosaur. He was when he came back, not even the point. But he went over there and he had a great run and became the IWGP champion. So if Braun Strowman wants to do that, I think he would get a second wind. And even if he goes back to WWE, I mean, that's the other thing that was going around, that apparently this was a negotiating tactic by Vince McMahon, which is crazy. And that he's going to invite them back for less money. The same was said about Alistair Black. I don't know. I think Alistair Black will go to AEW, and I think that's the right move. He may even come in with Zelina Vega, which would be interesting. I'm happy. To, I'm just happy to wait and see how it plays out. I'd rather people had jobs, unless they're sort of super duper evil. But I don't believe. I think Braun Strowman said something stupid. I don't think he's super duper evil. And on that note, we'll move on to the questions. Again, you can, you can ask me one at Simon316. Just look out for the tweet each and every week. And make sure you give me a subscribe on YouTube as well. Just search for Simon Miller. We start with Shane Daniels. He says, hey, Simon, love everything you do. Very kind. You are my workout inspiration. Well, that's doubly kind, especially as I haven't worked out in eight weeks now because I had a rib problem. I had surgery, boring, boring, blah, blah. What is the most important heel championship win in WWE history? That is a very, very good question. I don't know. The first thing that came to my mind is the NWO, but it's not true. They didn't win the championship. They just beat up Macho Man. Oh, man. The most important heel win. I mean, maybe The Rock at Survivor Series 1998. I'm probably forgetting something massive here. But I'm trying to think a bad guy wins. And obviously, well, technically, that was a good guy winning. Then he turned bad. But that was a massive thing because it gave you know, Steve Austin the, uh, the protagonist that he needed. Turned Rock into not only the biggest heel in the business, but took everything he had been doing and really cemented it. One of the most genius decisions that WWE has ever done, even though I still believe it was a swerve for the sake of a swerve. But hey, you know, the clock is right twice a day. I don't know. That's a good question. I'll go with The Rock, but I'm sure I'm missing far, far bigger ones. And that's because when I get put on the spot, my brain just uh, freaks out. But you can just get mad out there in internet land, which is always, uh, always fine. Uh, my man, Kieran, who uh, is uh, associated with TNT Wrestling. And by the way, June 27th in Liverpool, I am returning in some capacity to a wrestling ring. I will be there, though, uh, as my wrestling career slowly starts up again. Obviously, I've got to get healthy first. But yeah, you can check Kieran out there as well. Who says, how excited, how excited are you to get back to wrestling next week? That's right. Fusion, nightclub, Liverpool, 2 p.m. Week on Sunday, the 27th. I will be there. And if you get there early too, you can do a meet and greet and I can say hello and shake your hand and thank you. Are we allowed to shake hands? I don't think we are. I'll, I will nod you from afar. I don't know what the rules are. They're always changing. But I'm very excited, Kieran. Um, yeah, I need to get my health back up to 100%. But again, it's pro wrestling. And the greatest thing about it is there's ways and means. The Real Show says, maybe somebody's asked this before, but what was the moment you actually wanted to pursue pro wrestling as a job and something to do instead of just watching it on TV? Doesn't mean you should stop watching it. But what was the light bulb? Yeah, I want to do this moment. Well, I mean, in terms of actually getting into a wrestling ring, I'm very much, uh, you know, monkey say, monkey do kind of a guy. So I was like, well, I watch it enough. Why don't I give it a go? I may love it. 
And eventually, I just decided that's what I was going to do. So, you know, I, I, I tried a few times, but I thought I've got to give it one last go because I felt like it was unfinished business. And in terms of actually doing it for a job, it was YouTube mostly. I enjoyed YouTube. I got into YouTube when it was quite a, a new platform. And I started off doing video games, which I did for a long time and I was very appreciative of. And then I wanted to do it with wrestling. So I just sort of, you know, made the sidestep across and, and here we are today. Um... But I don't, I, it wasn't really a wrestling thing. From a young age, I was like, I want to do things that I'm passionate about. How do I get there? And I just sort of, you know, tried to work my ass off. My man, Sean Cleaver says, where does the Million Dollar Belt go after this angle on NXT? Well, I guess LA Knight and the Million Dollar Man will be a unit for a while, which I'm more than happy with. Big fan of Ted DiBiase. And I suppose... Maybe even at SummerSlam weekend, we build to Cameron Grimes winning it, which makes sense for his character. So I think it will be nice and simple. I think we'll probably keep it on TV. You then ask the question, do we have too many belts? I wouldn't mind, this is going to send people crazy, if we treated it like the FTW belt, whatever the hell it's called on, on, on AEW, the old ECW one. It's kind of there, doesn't really do much, but if you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. So I don't think it'll be treated as important as the other ones, but maybe you need it to fade into the background a little bit. Harine, hey Simon, daily proclamation for my love of Kenny Omega. Always appreciate it, Harine. A bit bummed about his injuries after he drops a title. I hope he takes a year off to heal. Have a great rest of your day. And you, Harine, that's a very good point. There was a rumor, or a report, I should say, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter last week that apparently Kenny Omega is properly busted up and properly injured. And that probably is true. Look at the kind of matches he has. He's always going 100%. He's never really taken any time off. So I agree with you, Harine. To me, health and fitness is the most important thing in the world. And... I don't know. I don't know what his sort of you know general morale is. <laughs> I don't want the injuries to be dragging you down. I know how hard that can be, but it will be interesting when he drops the title. Hopefully, he can go for away for a little bit and get back to one hundred percent. And you've got to imagine down the line we're going to turn him into a huge baby face anyway, along with Hangman, probably one of the biggest baby faces in the company because people always want to cheer him. So, yes, I totally agree with you. The man Spaz Phoenix says on the Eva Marie debut, the fans that were ready to hate on her totally slept on the debut of an amazing talent like Piper Niven. Are we at the point with online critics where they should look forward to complaining more than the good stuff? I mean, there are some people who are going to complain regardless, yes. I think we've learned that over the years, and more power to them. I think you've got to take them with a pinch of salt. I don't think you've got to take them seriously. And I just think you have to, again, just put your arm out and let them do what they want to do. It's not a real quote from Keanu Reeves, but it goes around the internet sometimes. Where, you know, he's like, I'm done with all that stuff. If somebody wants to tell me two plus two equals five, I'm like, yeah, man, good for you. And that's what I do with these people. If they want to crap on everything and that's how they get through the day, then hell yeah. There's a line and sometimes they cross it and there's no excuse for that. But if we're just ripping into a character, you're allowed to do that. It's fiction. But when you touch on the person, then yes, you're an absolute piece of trash. Uh, Balaji says, does AEW Rampage and Dynamite after going on the road... Uh, will they have the same wrestlers or do you think they will have completely different rosters? No, they're not going to do a roster split. The roster split sucks. It's never worked. And that probably could be because WWE's never committed to it. In fact, it's probably better now than it has been in other occasions. I don't think AEW wants to do that. I don't think AEW should do that, especially because the Friday night time slot for Rampage is going to be a bit of hard work as Dynamite has shown us. So you're going to want your big guns. So no, I'm, I, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Dan Brotherton, hey Simon, hope you're well. With the news about Reigns and Omega turning into comp each company's biggest babyface, how do you see their redemption stories playing out? Well, Roman Reigns could easily just, you know, say he's sorry to the Usos and they could have a big hug in the middle of the ring and maybe he helps the Uso wins the tag team titles. You could easily do that, but I don't want that to happen for a good year. And Kenny Omega, I don't, I mean, Kenny Omega's kind of the same. If Hangman Page wins the title and Kenny Omega embraces him and they make up and maybe even go on a little bit of a tag team run, 
once more, I think people will be so desperate. They kind of already are the cheer Omega that that door will just be opened. I think it'll be relatively simple for both of them because they're such good heels and they play such good roles, as we've seen time and time again. When you're smashing out of the park like that, fans just warm to you anyway. And I like the AEW crowd because they play along with, you know, we're meant to boo this guy, so we'll boo them. We're meant to cheer this guy, so we'll cheer them. So as soon as, you know, those gloves have been taken off, they'll go crazy regardless. And I think it will be the same for Roman Reigns. More of a difficult one given the past. But I like to think when you're doing this good work, eventually most people are going to going to be complete uh, converted. Manly Man says, do you think they'll join the Hurt Business and join the New Day? I don't know who... Vince is probably thinking... Sorry, dude. That question doesn't make sense. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for listening, but I don't get that question. It's just kind of words pushed together. Andy, who is today's most underappreciated performer? For as much praise as he gets, I don't think Phoenix gets the credit he deserves. I, do, I don't agree with that. I mean, could he get more? Absolutely. But all I ever hear is people going crazy. <laughs> crazy about Phoenix. Everybody loves him and think he's amazing. Maybe he could get more mainstream appeal, but I'm sure that will happen in time. Otherwise, who is under the radar? Sonny Kiss doesn't get enough credit. So talented. And no, you know, I guess I guess it's mostly because uh, he's on Elevation and Dark. But yeah, I mean, truly, truly good. Otherwise, Chad Gable would be one. But again, it's kind of the position that he's been put in. I'd also throw Otis into that for the very same reason. And I would have said Miro until recently. But again, now he's smashing it. So yeah, it's so good. Russ says, with WWE releasing so much genuine talent into the world, is it time for AEW to release some of the lower tier talent and replace them? Or is hiring too many ex-WWE guys going to be damaging what AEW initially set out to achieve? No, I would never implore anyone to release anybody. If they have enough money and enough slots, just keep putting more people in the slots. This kind of ties into what I said earlier. I don't care who they hire. It doesn't affect me. I don't. It doesn't even matter what they initially set out to be. You're allowed to have a plan and then sort of get into the thick of it and go, man, that plan didn't work. And it's important to be able to move around, which is why you know some, some people get they live on die on this rankings thing that Cody Rhodes said once. All right, maybe they changed their mind and they have to be able to change. They didn't change their mind. We'd still be getting the Nightmare Collective and people still be going crazy. We'd have the old version of the Dark Order and people be going crazy and so on and so forth. Uh, Pointless user says, uh, what benefit do you think could come with the draft? I think WWE should just go back to one roster. Well, I completely agree with you, but they're not going to do that very sadly. I think just freshening up both shows. You know, I'd split up the Miz and John Morrison. Um, I'd probably move Seth Rollins to Raw. I'd probably use AJ Styles to SmackDown. I know it's kind of just reversing what we did last year, but I just thought it worked better that way. There's probably some superstars I'm not even thinking of. Maybe a Big E to Raw. Maybe a... I'm trying to balance it out here. Drew McIntyre to SmackDown. I think it'd be really interesting. Although then you have to do Drew McIntyre versus Roman. So maybe you do want to keep them apart. But I would shake them up as much as possible and hit a big reset button. I really would. I think WWE needs it right now. Josh says, it seems Nick Khan, WWE are trying to cater to the casual fan with their chat about being an entertainment company. But does the casual fan even exist? Wrestling seems about as niche as ever in 2021. Well, they will always talk about being an entertainment company. They've been doing that for the last 30 years. So I don't think that ties in. And of course, the casual fan still exists. Like the problem is the casual fan nowadays is somebody that will watch Raw for 10 minutes or they'll watch a bunch of GIFs or they'll go on YouTube. They're just not tuning into the show. And you could argue that's a massive problem. But I don't, I mean, it's, you could argue that it's more What's the word I'm looking for? Visual. That's not the right word. But there's more knowledge of professional wrestling at the moment because the internet is just so easily accessible. So, you know, if this was wrestling 20 years ago, I'd imagine less people would know about Kenny Omega, but probably more people know about him now because, again, it's more accessible. But the casual fan is just a very, very different beast. A casual fan is happy to watch ups and downs or happy to read a report, or happy to not watch at all and check in every few months. So you do lose that engagement there. 
But I don't think that WWE is going after a specific casual fan. I think they've always seen themselves as an entertainment company. Matthew says, I know it's been beaten to death, but can get. But how can Raw get better? Is it a matter of finding a bigger network than USA so the brand gets pressure? No, I don't think it's anything like that. I think they've fallen into a bit of a rut. They want to get through Hell in a Cell. They're focusing on fans coming back. And there is this issue of them being a content creator and having so much money. And it's like... Um, Whoever the hell, I think it was Muhammad Ali, whoever the hell said it, you know, it's really hard to go in the gym when you're waking up in gold pajamas. <laughs> like, you kind of lose your motivation. I think WWE has a little bit of that, but I'm confident by the end of the year it will be turning around because SmackDown is really good, right? So that kind of goes to show. And I don't think SmackDown's really good because it's on Fox. I think SmackDown's really good because it's just a better put together show. So I totally believe that Raw could be as well. Uh, Darkwing Asylum says, What do you think Bray Wyatt will do now that WWE has killed both his characters? I don't know that we have killed The Fiend. I think he could easily come back to The Fiend. I think they're waiting until, once again, they have live people in there, probably because they think his character just is more relatable that way, or at least works better when you have a lot of noise. You could even have Bray Wyatt, the old version, come back. I wouldn't want to guess on that one. I don't think we have enough information. It's kind of like the Keith Lee thing. I don't have any information, so I don't like to guess. Josh says, hey, Simon, I hope you're having a wonderful day. And you, my friend, just wondering if you have seen Damien Priest. Has he fallen down a well? Maybe we should get people on that. Anyway, hope you're doing well. Can't answer that one. Don't get it. Don't get it. Not going to get it. Doesn't make sense. Bring back Bad Bunny so Damien Priest can be on the show. Rev LJ Selena says, if Orange Cassidy is going to be given the world title, how long do they have to put the belt on him? I'm worried by the time they're ready, Cassidy may have cooled off. Well, my friend, I would just tell you, don't need to worry about these things. If he has cooled off by the time they give him the belt, they'll soon realize and they will take the belt back off of him. Or they'll wait till he's hot again and then they'll put the belt back on him. It's just one of those things. Oh, says, are there any angles or characters that you feel have benefited or worked over well in the pandemic anti-arena era? I think Bailey has been able to cement her character more. So yes, her. Other than that, I'm not so sure there's anyone that stands. I mean, there will be and I'm just not thinking about it. There's probably some people in AEW that, even though I'm sure they would have preferred a crowd, were able to focus on their craft a little bit more. I mean, Bailey's the first one that comes to mind because I think people will now buy her as this character as before they kind of remembered her as the hugger, but that's so long ago now, and she hasn't been presented in that way at all. I'm sure there are more, though. Yes. Uh, Rashid says, Who do you think should take the AEW tag titles from the Young Bucks? I'm assuming Hangman beats Kenny at all out. Cheers, Simon. Love you. And you. That's a good question. Who should win the tag team titles? I mean, it could be Eddie Kingston and Moxley. By the time Eddie Kingston, by the time Moxley comes back, I'm assuming he's going to take some time off for his kid. Otherwise, there's not that too many contenders at the moment. That's a very good shout. But I'm sure they have some kind of idea. I mean, it could even be the Death Triangle, right? But I think they're going to do a trios thing with those. Good question. Don't have an answer. Any suggestions would be good. Uh, Mike Fatigo says, which soon-to-be free agent would you most want to see in AEW? Hope everything is well with you and you have a great rest of the day. Well, Samoa Joe, because technically he hasn't been hired, but Alistair Black. I think Alistair Black is a very creative dude, and given that kind of creative freedom would absolutely smash it. Ashley, is Joe done as an in-ring competitor? Well, I think we've kind of touched on that one. Let's hope that I'm wrong, but you never know. Uh, Andrew Milligan says, I hope you're well, Simon. What is your three early match predictions for this year's SummerSlam? Well, again, Roman versus Cena, Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley, and Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I mean, do I think they're going to happen 100%? No, but I'm going in big. Uh, Hoss says, has Vincent Kenny McMahon finally assimilated Triple H following his watch, watch it or don't ramblings? No, no, no. I, I totally think that Triple H is just as fed up with it as everybody else. And he gets asked these questions where he can't actually give the answer that he wants. Could be stupid to do it. So he just says whatever he wants to say. And he gets through it. Right? I didn't even mind his the best women in the world work here line. I mean, it's not true. 
But he's a promoter. And everybody says that. It's not true. There is incredible talent all across the world. And hopefully there always will be. Uh, Marcus says, you think the Dark Order has run its course? And if not, who do you think can be the next breakout star? No, I don't. This is WWE mentality that we uh, put people together just to break them up. The Dark Order can be together forever. And sometimes we can focus on Evil Uno. And sometimes we can focus on Ten. And sometimes we can focus on Stu Grayson. And sometimes we can focus on Negative One. And we just jump around and do that and do this. And sometimes they're together. Sometimes they're separate. I think that uh, is, is a much better way, uh, a much better way to do it. Um, where am I going next? Uh, Flawed says, would you wrestle John Cena if you had the chance? I mean, yes. Can you imagine? I mean, my, my world would make down. Rich Smith, if Face on the A-Team became a villain, would he have to change his name to heel? Well, it depends if he's a bad guy or not. Tim says, do play-by-play -play announcers for pay-per-views get chosen based on their bladder strength? Man, these questions are getting weirder and weirder and stranger and stranger. Are you Adam Pearce? Uh, if AEW do Fighter Fest in London next year, would you go? Of course. We go to all events in the UK. That's our job, and I'd be happy to do it. Miro versus Rusev. Who wins? Are you Johnny Sins' brother? Right, we've got off the rails today. <laughs> we, we have gone absolutely crazy. We'll go to one, two, he kicked out. With the forbidden door open, which women would you like to see compete across all promotions? Who do you imagine could be the women's belt collector similar to what Omega's doing now? Well, Serena Deeb or Thunder Rosa would be my first shout. If you want to do it with Nyla Rose, that works. If you want to do it with Britt Baker, that works. Um, such a Banks Bailey if we're opening the damn door. Oscar, the best of all. And there's so many people you could do it with. And it would be absolutely awesome. Uh, Aaron My Lung says, Hi, Simon. Who do you want to play in Smash Brothers? <laughs> Dribble H. Oregano, is there a way to book a babyface Mr. Money in the Bank without making them look like a complete idiot? Yeah, just cash it in and win. <laughs> and then you look like an absolutely the best person ever. Uh, not the real me says, are you the repo man? Only in my dreams. And Tiny Tim says, why do you still watch wrestling? It's horrendously lame. Wow, dude, you actually spent some of your life writing that. That was a waste of your time. I just, I just want to let you know that it was a waste of your time. Kit Young, what inspired you to become a wrestler? And who was your inspiration? Well, Bret Hart got me into it. But in terms of inspiring me, I mean, everyone, everything and everyone inspired me. But I wanted to make sure that by the time I got to a 90-year-old man, if I am so lucky, I don't look back and go, oh, no, I should have tried to be a wrestler. And even if it got taken away tomorrow, which I hope that it does not, I mean, the pandemic was a good example of that. I know that I had not a good run. I barely started, but I had the experiences. So I don't have to... Um, I don't have to worry. Mark says, do you check these questions out before you record the podcast or do you just read them for the first time when you're recording? I just read them for the first time. I don't mean this in an asshole way, but I have so much to do on Tuesday especially that I just got to go, go, go. Hence <laughs> why it's quite late when I'm recording this. So I just read them and we just, and we just fly through. Uh, Tom Talks Rubbish says, hope you're good, Simon. You're truly amazing. Very kind, my friend. Since I'm watching today and it's my favorite match of all time, what are your thoughts on Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26? One of the best WWE matches ever. Proof that those two guys had incredible chemistry. Although I will say, I prefer Hell in a Cell uh, Babylon 1997. Not because the other one is bad, but probably because of my age, the arrival of Kane, all these little things that tied in. It just absolutely, it just, took, it just it was incredible. But the whole point is, that was incredible as well. So they're all incredible. Those two dudes were just made for each other, which is kind of hilarious because behind the scenes, they didn't get on at all. 
<laughs> Which just goes to show, wrestling is a very, very strange and a very, very bonkers sport where you're able to uh, to do something like that. And we'll finish with Ashley, who says, is Joe done as an in-ring competitor? I hope we see him have one last great run. Well, I mean, we've already talked about it, but yes, it certainly seems that way. But it is a concussion issue, and Christian came back, and Daniel Bryan came back, and I'm sure there's other stories out there as well. We can only hope. Maybe one of the reasons he's going back to WWE is because he knows he can get the best health care and the best medical treatment in order for him to steer back in that direction, which is what Daniel Bryan did. So I'm going to keep everything crossed. Samoa Joe is one of my favorites by a, a long a while. But the most important thing is that he's self and healthy, right? While it would be very sad not to see him in the ring again, that is not the the biggest issue here so we shall have to we shall have to wait and see and we shall keep everything crossed and hey in 24 hours time we will know where Samoa Joe is on the go too that one didn't work uh, shorter than I wanted to episode this week I do apologize but the clock is now ticking against me and I do have to jump on another project which I'm about to get yelled at because I'm way over my deadline thank you for joining me as always though again I pimped out all the other stuff cheers to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting the show Otherwise, if you do have any questions, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Simon316. I get to as many messages as I possibly can. Otherwise, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Support me on Patreon if you can. And I will talk to you on the next one. Yeah.